welcome to the Gregory Digout Podcast. I really want to emphasize before we begin today how important it is, parents, to get your children plugged into church and get them at this camp, this youth camp, because it don't, don't let finances stop you. Don't let anything stop you. Um, this is going to change their lives. Same with in the city. Maybe you're nearby, you're watching, but, and you're not in the house, but you're close by. Um, call us, get signed up. There's places on the screen that tell you, the person that you're chatting with can explain to you um, where, how to get connected. We've got to save our teens. We've got to reach them. We've got to help them. This is not the same world that we got to grow up in, and ours is bad too, but it's just like, it's not easy. The comparison trap that's out there, the mental illness that's out there due to just even the past couple years, I don't want to blame everything on COVID, but you know, just sometimes being locked down and then having being behind in your studies at school and then missing out on some opportunity, you know, it just affects the teenagers feel like their years are taken from them. I mean, it's time to take it back. It's time to have restoration. And parents, it's, it's our job. It's our job. We are the educators of our children, not the teachers in the school. We are the educators as parents. And, um, and so I really want to, you know, you know, and also I want to also give a little shout out to our dear Galo Baca, who celebrated his 60th birthday this week. Go ahead and stand up, Junior Galo. And they've got their family traveling, and we're so blessed. And what an example of a, a man who is after God's heart and who's the pillar not only in his, for his family, but also for our church and the way you've led and the way you've raised your kids and how you stayed with it, you stayed the course. And all, you know, they've got four amazing children, all plugged in, all serving, serving in church and successful in the world too. And um, so we just honor you today for all that you've done and good things are coming, better days. You can't even imagine the good things that God has stored for you, in store for you both. So God bless you. Thank you. The, the, the family, you know, really, it's around the table is where it's at. Around the table, we, you know, our children, we, we have five children, and, and we're still raising one of them and some of them, and all of us are still, you know, helping each other raise our kids. and. And you know, teenage years are harder. We always said high school was worse than preschool. So if you have preschoolers, you got two and three year olds that like are, you know, just always, you know how it is when you've got two year olds. Um, high school can be harder. And so that's the time parents, not to let go and be like, oh, well, I don't know what to do. I don't know, they're out of my, you know, he won't listen to me anymore, she won't do what I say. No, 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 you can change that. You can, with love, you can change it. You can change anything. That's why we're at Life Changers today. So are you in the house? Are you guys good? Pastor is um, traveling and he is speaking in our uh, churches in Italy. And so um, he sent me in, in his place so I hope you'll receive me today. I hope you'll receive from the Lord. I know that God's put something deep in my heart for you. I feel like this is probably one of the most special things that um, God's been stirring in my life. And I just want to share it with you all today. So let's pray. Father, thank you for being the invisible God who's more present than anything we could ever see. Thank you for your amazing majesty your authority, who you are. Lord, you are beyond what our even little minds can even imagine. 
But for this moment, Lord, for the next few minutes together, I pray for eyes to be opened. I pray for hearts to be opened. Lord, this is your house of healing. I pray for bodies to be healed, even through the service. Lord, I think where there's an ache or a pain, maybe it's even an emotional pain. Maybe it's a pain in the memory. Maybe someone's watching online right now, and it was hard for you to even just get out of bed today, and maybe you're still in bed. And maybe you feel like you, you can't face tomorrow. Or maybe you've been through so much pain and disappointment that you just don't really want to even come to church anymore. You don't even really know what you believe anymore. And it's all right. I just want you to know, breathe in right now and just know it's all right. Everything's going to be okay. The Father is here. Father, we just honor you. We honor you. We invite you to come. Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for us. Thank you that unless the blood, we have no way in. But because of your blood that you shed, we stand here today. We sit here in your presence. We can receive, just like the man who received his right mind. Lord, just like the woman who received her son back from the dead. Lord, just like the man who receives his daughter back who had died. Lord, I thank you. The things that have been dead in our life, the things that have, it feels like it's too late. I thank you it's not too late with you. You can do all things. You can do it through our lives. You are the God of the impossible. So right now, we just lay aside our cares. We lay aside our worries. We lay aside our plans. And we take this time to listen to you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. amen. Thank you. Give God some praise. <laughs> what a beautiful song, right? Winds blew, the rain came. The rain came last night this morning. So God bless you for coming. And don't be condemned if you stayed home, because if I weren't preaching, I probably would have stayed home too <laughs> after that rain this morning. It's all okay. It's all going to be all right. All right, Chicago, can I hear a big shout in Chicago, please? Come on, you guys. And how about our love for Chicago? How about our love? How about our love for our online people that are tuning in and are being a part of something new, this, guess what? This message has never been preached before, and what I'm about to say is hot off the press. All right? But I want you, come on, amen, brother. Thank you for that energy. Um, but there's anointing in the cluster. There's anointing when we come together. You know, there's unity. It says when we walk in unity, there the Lord commands the blessing. The blessing comes when we walk, come together, even if it's online. There's an anointing. Are you ready for the anointing? Amen. The anointing's going to change some things, okay? Now, now, my message today is titled, The Valley is Underrated. The Valley is Underrated. Has anybody, don't raise your hand, how many have been through a valley in your life? Or maybe some wilderness times where you feel like you've been believing, believing for that healing, and that healing is not manifesting. You're believing for that promotion. You're believing just to wake up happy. <laughs> You're believing to get your kids to just follow Jesus. You're believing for a friend to make, you know, make a new friend, um, to find a spouse, to find a, a, just someone, you know, to restore a relationship. I don't know. But we, we go through valleys, and it's okay. It's all right. You know what? This is a house of healing. This is a place where you're going to hear God loves you. God is not mad at you, and he's not judging you. All his judgment fell on Jesus, so we are not judged, okay? So when you're hearing these words today, don't listen to any voice that's condemning you or condemning anybody else, because that's not how God is. God's not judging anybody, all right? So I think sometimes it's hard for us as adults, like we... 
you know, we, we're very, we learn how to cope in life, we learn how to cover up. And the fig trees, Pastor talks about, we try to cover our nakedness with fig trees, which is just religion. We do the good works, we try to do some things, but religion doesn't work. Religion is what gets you in the desert. <laughs> religion gets you in that valley in the first place. But sometimes it's hard for us as adults to really take a look inside because um, it's easier to cover it up. It's less painful. It's less, it's, more, it's less painful to just keep going and just keep doing, running through the motions, you know? Um, I remember growing up Catholic, and nothing against the Catholic Church, but I grew up, and I just remember feeling every Saturday, I got to go to confession, and I try again every week, and it's like, oh, no, I'm going to sin again, and there I go again. And so it's like, I'm going to go back to confession, and sometimes you don't even want to go to confession, because you're just like, I'm already, I keep doing it, and I can't stop. And when I was a sophomore in college, I finally just stopped going to church. I'm like, I'm not even going to go. Why? It doesn't work. And, I, and I'm constantly feeling guilty and ashamed, because I can't make it. And many of us have fallen astray, fallen away, or maybe gone astray, because we just don't feel good enough. It's not because you're mad or God or anything. You just don't think you can make it. You're not cut out of the same, you know, you, you can't do it. And um, you're in the right company today. I have a, we have a school here, K through 12, and if you haven't enrolled your students, you still can. It's, we are really, um, a school that is that majors in ex excellence in academics and excellence in character, but we really teach the whole child. And so even from kindergarten up, when we do our 40 days fast as a church and around the world, we're all doing it together. There's always like one time in a year. So our school does it too. All the kids, they watch the little video, the teachers teach them at whatever level because children, need, children know there's bad guys, okay? They say, well, don't read fairy tales to your kids because you'll teach them that there's giants or monsters in the world. And um, children already know there's monsters. Children already know there's dragons out there that are gonna try and hurt them. The fairy tale helps them understand how to overcome that dragon, how to fight that, that monster. So anyway, um, but we asked some of our kids, my teacher in third grade, she had the students do their own little fast and wrong thinking and what thoughts they fight. What are some things that they feel? and how they can overcome and do their little points like Pastor does, and then they even had to write, I think and say, like a little think and say at the end. And do you wanna know something? When I read this, I got so choked up because the kids are so honest. Do you wanna hear? Yeah. I mean, unless we just go straight to the boring scriptures. <laughs> just kidding. So fashion, it, it, he's, this, child, this child says, they have a choice to say, I am this or I feel this. He crosses off, I feel, and says, can't forgive. This is a third grader. He doesn't even feel. He's just saying, I can't forgive. And so his number one step is pray, ask God to help you. Number two, spend time with them. The more time you spend with them, maybe you'll be able to forgive them. And then um, he says, his think and say it, I have control over life and I can forgive anyone with the power of God. When he controls me, I can forgive in Jesus' name. A third grader wrote that. Another third grader said, I feel envious. I don't think adults can even admit that sometimes. <laughs> she, she says, pray to, or he says, pray to God to help you overcome envy. Number two, look at what you already have because you have more than enough. Wow. Number three, think of what you have and what you have because God's given you everything you need even before you ask. His think and say, thank you Jesus for giving me everything I need before I even ask in Jesus' name. 
We do not have to be complicated. We don't have to make things super intellectual and smart. This other little girl goes, um, I feel different. So, number one, she says, I'm going to make a gratitude notebook because I need to know the things that God has made me, how God has made me. Number two, pray about it. And then she says, be obedient. If I obey, then I'll see that people do love me. She says, God, I ask you to help me not to feel different in Jesus' name. Just a simple prayer. Lord, help me. Lord, help me forgive in Jesus' name. Um, One boy says, I feel pain. This really caught my attention. He says, number one, his point is, I have to know that I am loved because God loves me. Number two, God is with me. And then number three, God will give me peace. Thank you, God. I know you love me. And then finally, this one little boy, he said, I feel too tiny. So his point was, to fix this, he says, I don't have to change myself. God doesn't care how big or small I am. He loves me. And then number two, I have to remember who loves me, my parents and my family and God. Number three, I have to believe I am strong, that God is always with me. Dear God, I pray I could be braver. In Jesus' name, amen. That's from the third grade class. That's the kind of children that are created in this school, the way of thinking to help that that they are really in tune with what God says about them. And that's the solid rock they need, and that's what we all need in our lives. And so this is a new day. Can I just say that? It is a new day. I believe God's pouring out a new wine. I believe he's pouring out a new strength to us, and he's offering a new promise, you know, just to bring, break things open, brand new. How many feel like you're on the cusp of something new in your life? You're heading into a new season. I know school's going to start. We're going to have this camp. It's going to be awesome for the kids. Isaiah 43 says this very important verse that I'm going to say prophetically to all of us. Do not call to mind the former things or ponder the things of the past. Behold, I will do something new. Now it will spring forth. Will you not be aware of it? I will make a roadway in the desert, rivers in the desert. And if you could keep going on that um, verse, keep reading, if you can pull the next verse up after that. Now says the Lord, he who formed you, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. And then number, I think we're on the wrong, it's not up there, it's okay. Isaiah, it was Isaiah 43, it's okay, it's all right, no big deal. But let's go to, Let's go to Isaiah 35, another really, really encouraging verse. It says, encourage the exhausted, strengthen the field. That's what we're going to do today. We're going to encourage the exhausted. We're going to strengthen the feeble. We're going to say to those with anxious heart, take courage and fear not. Behold, your God comes with vengeance. Eyes are going to be opened and the deaf are going to hear and waters are going to break forth in the wilderness. Doesn't that sound good? If you've been in the desert, that's all you can think about is getting some water, getting some fresh air, right? And so go, let's go back to Isaiah 43 because that's just too good to skip over. Verses, um, let's go to verse 18 of Isaiah 43. If you want to skip ahead, thank you. Do not call to mind the former things or ponder things of the past. Verse 19, just keep them going. Thank you. Behold, I will do something new. Now it will spring forth. Will you not be aware of it? Good, now you got to hear it twice and see it. I will even make a roadway in the wilderness, rivers in the desert. 
The beasts of the field will glorify me. Now listen, the jackals and the ostriches, because I have given waters in the wilderness. And sometimes those wild animals and those wild things in our life that cause us problems are the very thing that are going to help us. Okay? Rivers in the desert to give drink to my chosen people. The people whom I have formed for myself will declare my praise. Say, I've been formed for God's glory. He designed me for his purpose. So let's take it from there. And I'm just going to walk you through a few things. Is that all right? Because maybe you feel like in your life there's been that dried up desert. It feels like maybe there's no hope. You know, I think of Psalm 23. It's a famous speaking of the children. We love Psalm 23. We think, oh, that's such a, you know, oh, yeah, everybody knows Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And, you know, we love how he's our shepherd. We love how, you know, he provides for us. Um, he makes me lie down in green pastures. We all love, who loves the green pastures here, right? And the still waters when there's peace. And it's like, oh man, God, you are just so good. And he guides me in paths of righteousness, right? Things are working out and I'm understanding who I am. My confidence is in him. He guides me for his namesake. But, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. Now, this is where I want us to take a minute because sometimes in that valley, it's the place we want to run from. When we're in that place, when you're between a rock and a hard place, like they used to say. Does anybody know what I'm talking about right now? When you are in a place where you're just like, oh my gosh, I don't know how I'm going to handle this, handle this, this is changing, this is, you know, and God has this way of getting us in these places and you're like, Lord, if you love me, then why? If you love me, then why am I struggling? Why do I have to deal with this hardship? Why do I have to deal with um, this person at my office? Why do I have to deal with, you know, my, my children don't obey me. My husband, my, my wife, you know, uh, I'm, you're like in this valley, in this dry place, in this wilderness. And I know everybody here is so smart. Pastors taught you really well. Um, and it, but it's, it's disappointing sometimes to, to face, well, it's disheartening to face disappointment, even in yourself. And I really think sometimes today, if we can really take a good look at ourselves, like those third graders, and see, well, maybe the disappointment is in you. Maybe you have disappointed yourself, and you feel like you work so hard because you just feel like you're not good enough. And so in those moments, we want to run often. We want to just find a place of refuge um, run away from it because it says in Proverbs 13 12 it says a heart or a hope deferred makes the heart sick and sometimes we don't want to hear God and don't tell me that grace don't preach to me don't tell me that you don't know how much I've prayed you don't know how much I've stood and I still haven't seen it look I've stood in myself I'm like Lord I don't know this is really difficult right now I'm, I've been praying for three years for this and it seems like you're not even listening it doesn't seem like this is happening and so your heart gets sick and you feel sick. And you know what? It's not a good feeling when we go through those dark times. Have you ever been through that dark, dark moment? The good news is a desire, a, a desire fulfilled is a tree of life. So a hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a desire fulfilled is a tree of life. And I used to read that and think, well, yeah, that's what I'm saying, Lord. So where's the fulfillment? Come on. I'd like to have that tree of life but I'm still feeling sick in my heart. Well, you want an angel to come down. You want all the blessings to come to your front door. You want everything to know, you know, but in, it's in the valley. It's in the dark. It's in the dark places when there's confusion, when, when you feel a little confused. I'm not saying confusion is of God, but I'm saying when you are like, 
what is happening, when everything feels undone and unraveling, that is the beautiful moment where Jesus shows up and the best thing that could ever happen to you. Pastor said this a couple days ago, um, and it was such a beautiful service, the Father's Day service. If you, didn't, if you weren't here, I really encourage you to get the, um, the seat or the message on YouTube or however you want to grab it. But um, he said, every person in our life, in one way or another, will let us down, will fail us. Every person. I mean, some of you feel let down because pastor's not here and I'm here. I'm sorry. No, I get it. Um, I believe, but he says, I believe it's the greatest thing that could ever happen to any of us because for every human that lets us down, our Heavenly Father will make it up to us. Now, these are pastor's words. Our Heavenly Father, I wrote it verse by verbatim, verbatim, like not verse by verse, but his words verbatim because it was from God to me. And when I hear on this altar, whoever is up here preaching, I take it into my soul and I hear God's voice through it because this is the church that I'm plugged into. So it doesn't matter to me who is up here. Um, I can receive because I know God is going to speak to me through my church. He speaks to my soul and he speaks to my spirit through me in my, my inner self. But I got to be in the cluster. That's where the anointing is. He's jealous, his pastor's words, he's jealous to have your heart and be the closest person to you. We're only persons because he was a person first. He's a person. That's where we got it from, our Heavenly Father. Do yourself a favor in this moment, in this season, okay? Do yourself a favor in this chapter of your life and take the pressure off people having to come through for you. Rejoice when they let you down. Only one person said amen. I'm not making an excuse, he says, for letting anyone down, but people are going to let you down. I'm starting to feel like hilarious about it, like it's so fun. This valley is weird. I don't think I want to come out of the valley, actually, because this is where Jesus shows up. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. And you know what? It's scary in the valley of the shadow of death. Look, the valley of death is one thing to face. I can face that, because death is certain. But the shadow of death? That's scary. It's like, if I put my feet out of the bed, is someone going to grab my ankles? I don't know. Or am I open the closet? So much, you know, it's when it's uncertain. I'm just playing. But like the shadow, it's like, is it, is it going to get me? Is that just a sound? You know? And when there's uncertainty, listen, when there's uncertainty in our lives, that's what gives us stress. We get stressed by the uncertainty. So we want to lock down everything. We want everything to be secure. Okay, I want to build a life that's not going to have any stress or not have any problems. It's not going to happen. Conflicts are inevitable. Rob shared this with our staffing the other day, and he said, conflicts are inevitable. They're going to come, but conflicts can bring us together. And I know it's tempting when you have a conflict, you want to avoid the conflict, but we are people who resolve conflict. conflict. We resolve it with one another. And it's not easy to do. It's, come on, all the, all the, or is anybody here, no, don't say amen to this, but you know, you're at work or you're at school, or you're at home, or you're on the bus or on the train or you know where you are and like people get, Joyce Meyer says, you know, I'm always, I'm having a great day every day. Um, and we like can join God and everything. And, but then as soon as I get out of bed, everything goes downhill from there. It's like, once you got to face people, once you got to talk with people, it's going to be tough, you know? That's life. But we resolve conflict. So anyway, we do not have to run from conflict. And the pastor says here, Jesus came to show us the Father so that we would know that God is not made in our image. 
where we let people down. We are made in his image, where he will never let us down. Look, I've let people down. I'm, talk, I'm saying don't even trust in me. I, I'll, we're not saying it's, an, it's okay to let you down, but I'm here to tell you that we are made in his image and he never lets us down. A desire fulfilled is a tree of life. Jesus is that tree of life, isn't he? The tree, the, the cross that he died on, it's like when you meditate on him all day, your life prospers because you're thinking about him. And in that valley, guess what? Now, this is really a true little secret. Number, my first point is that you're with him, that his presence grows stronger because guess what? Nobody else is around. Amen. You're in the dark. Amen. You're alone. Amen. And so you're standing there. Now you can, you're hearing God's voice. And it's, I remember a few years back, I was going through a season in my life and things were just shifting and changing and I was very insecure. I realized how insecure I was. And I had to really go into my and get centered on God's presence and his, and his love and stay in, in my church and I'm hearing the word of God and then I'm crying and I'm, but I'm changing that I'm having good days and bad days but I'm keeping, I'm going, I'm going. And I began to see that, you know what, the best days of my life have happened in those lonely moments, in those moments where I felt like I was in the valley. Why? Because he's there and he's the only one who can satisfy you. Come on, Chicago, are you there today? Are you listening? Come on, Hoffman Estates. Are we, are we gonna be afraid? Are we gonna run away from the valley or run away from the dark? In that dark moment, where all the glory seems to be nowhere, all is undone and falling apart, that's where the glory of God will meet you. Don't run from it, don't shrink back. This is your moment to see Jesus face to face. And I mean in your spirit, not in your own, not in your own, you know, uh, I'm not saying like audibly or visually like you're gonna see him. But I also want to say one thing Pastor says about in his book. I don't know how many of you got in soul care. I'm not trying to, that's shameless, shameless push for the book. But really, literally, I just want to, I haven't read it yet, except up to here. So I'm like right here. People are like, well, is there this? Where does he talk about this? I'm like, I don't know. I haven't read it. I live with the guy. I don't need to read the book. <laughs> but I'm going to try. But he says here, a dark night of the soul. Have you ever experienced a dark night of the soul, a time when you felt desperately sad, discouraged, or afraid? Before I go any further, let me tell you, there's no shame in experiencing a dark night, a dark week, a dark month, come on, a dark year, a dark season, a dark life. Jesus gets it. He's felt everything you have felt. He does not shame you. He's, not, he's here to hear you, to heal you, and to carry you through to the other side. He took with him Peter, James, and John and began to be struck with terror and amazement and deeply troubled. And, he was deeply troubled and depressed. And he said, my soul is exceedingly sad so that it almost kills me. Jesus has felt everything we felt, but he's never sinned. And that's the good news. We do not have to be afraid of these wilderness or valley places because he's already been there. And he's there now. So we can do it. He's already faced all the giants and all the monsters and all the weird things, you know? We can just stay in him. And when I mean stay in him, that means if you've been born again, you've asked Jesus to come and take over your life. You're like, Lord, I believe you, you died for me on the cross. I believe what, what you did was enough. I can never get myself into heaven my way. So I'm going to put my trust in you and what you did. And in your name, I'm going to receive my, 
myself as a daughter, a child of God, because John 1 says everyone has the privilege now of becoming a child if we believe in him. That's it. It's so simple. Somebody online is watching right now, and you didn't know it was that easy. And Jesus is saying to you, yes, just open your heart right now and ask me in, and I will come, and you will have a wonderful time. We're going to have a great life together. In Jesus' name, it's that simple. The children, the children get it. So how, he doesn't make it complicated. It's not hard. So the wilderness, the valley is underrated. This is where he's about to do a new thing in your life. As you stand still and you trust God and you look and you begin to see the invisible things. It's dark, it's scary, it's lonely. There's nothing more dreadful. But again, if you run and avoid it, you will miss what God's about to do. I like um, this workout guru. She's a She's, she does these like 30 minute workouts and I really like her because she's so inspiring. She talks the whole time, like, come on, you can do it, you can, one more rep, every rep counts, you know, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, I know right now, and I'm thinking, oh my God, this is killing me right now, I'm gonna stop. And she's like, no, I know right now you're thinking you wanna stop. You're thinking this is hurting and you wanna stop. She's like, but don't stop, keep going, keep going. When you push back, when you push through, when it hurts, that's when things start to change. She goes, that's when your muscles change and things start shifting and moving and you, go, you get to the other side and you experience a strength in your body you didn't have before. But the problem is if you're like me, I hate pain. I don't wanna go through pain. I don't wanna hurt, you know? But that's what I'm learning in the valley, that Jesus took my pain and I can go to him with my pain in my dark moments. I can tell him everything, how I feel. And then just trust, and then he begins to speak to me. You will begin to hear his voice. You'll hear a voice of love. If it's condemning, it's not God. If it um, says that well, you're not like so-and-so, or compares you to other people, it's not, that's not God's voice. But it's peaceful, it's kind, and gentle. And so this is the goal, for you to come face to face with your creator and let love love you. Amen. Would you let love love you? in this news chapter, right in this moment, would you let love love you? That's what's gonna cure your soul. So, Moses ran away from the pressure. When he, after he killed the man, he tried to help his brothers out. And they were like, who are you? Who appointed you over us? And he realized what he had done and he ran away, ran away only, only to get to the burning bush where Jesus, the father said, I'm gonna send you back to Egypt. What? No, that's where I failed. That's the worst of it. I'm so embarrassed there. I've, I've really ruined it, Lord. No, you gotta use someone else. No, I'm gonna send you back. How about when Abraham used Hagar because he thought this is the way for me to have a child. My wife can't get pregnant, so I have the, her handmaid. I'll, use, I'll have her, well, it was Sarah's idea actually, because Sarah's like, I'm sick of the pressure. You know, I just can't get pregnant. And so she's like, just take her, go ahead. And then Hagar gets pregnant, and now Sarah is just burning, like, on the inside, like, oh, my God. And then she has her son, and she's flaunting him around, like, isn't he so cute? Look, he's walking now, and he's reading, and he's only three. He's amazing. And she's, and Sarah's like, this girl's driving me crazy. Get out. Get out. So she tells Hagar, go, go. So Hagar takes the baby and goes, and she and her son are just on the side of the road in this wilderness, in this desert. And she's going to run for her life. And guess what? The Spirit of God comes to her. You know what he says? Go back to Sarah. Go back and face her and work it out with her. I know it's not a comfortable place, but this is where I'm gonna, you're gonna find your future. Because she was just gonna die. There was like one little bit, like glass of a cup of water and that was it and they were gonna die. And Hagar says this. She's like, now I know you are the God who sees me. And I think that's really in the valley 
what we learn. Because we're trying to get everybody else to see things the way we do or trying to get your spouse to see what you see. And it, it just, forget, stop trying to change that person that you love. Just accept them the way they are. Just accept them the way you are. they are. And know there's a God who sees you. And he sees you. And I'm really glad that Hagar went, Hagar went back because she was the mother of the race of um, not the Jews, but the other Arabs. That's my husband's in that line. So I'm kind of <laughs> glad it worked out that she didn't die because that's, that's, he's from that side. Anyway, <laughs> thank God he got born again. Um, but you have intimacy. Okay, so number one, he's with you. You have this intimacy with the Lord. And um, you're alone now. Like I said, Moses ran away. Hagar tried to run. Jonah ran into the, the um, whale, or he ran away, and then he ended up in the whale, belly of a whale. Elijah tried to run from Jezebel. Every single one of these ended up in the wilderness. You're going to be right back in the wilderness anyway, so you might as well face it, right? Guess who didn't run? Guess who did not run away? David, and he's the guy who wrote this psalm. We're going to look at Psalm 23 right now. David ran to the giant. He ran to the battle. Why? Because he had this intimate relationship with the Lord. He was young. He didn't have all the experience. He wasn't even, you know, on the outside looking like he was super strong. But he had this relationship with God. In the fields, when no one's there, he's fighting the lion, fighting the bear. So number two, he prepares a table. Number one, you are with me. Number two, you prepare a table before me. These are the secrets of the valley, or the valley that's underrated. I'm sharing you five benefits of the valley. Five benefits. Number one, he's with you. Number two, he prepares a table for you. That means the table is already prepared. And this is already done. It's already there for you. So it's already there, and it's all ready for you to come and sit who does not love, you know, meals, food, I'm sorry, food connects people. Food is like, I love being around the table. I want to be around the table with people. I mean, like, I, 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 there's nothing like breaking bread with someone, someone that you trust, someone that you love, someone that, you know, just that you want to maybe someone you're reaching out to. You know, take a chance sometimes. Invite somebody out. Invite someone you don't know. Like, from the church, we need to hang together and not be worried, like, well, that person, what they're trying to get from me. You know what I mean? Just receive love and give love because we're so filled up with our table with the Lord. Really, it's really about Him, this meal with Him, this relationship. And then thirdly, He anoints my head with oil. See, the change is happening now. Now the new wine is coming. Now he's pouring out new wine. You know why? Because now you've shifted your mindset. You've changed. You've realized, I don't need everybody out here to do this for me. I don't need everyone to recognize me. I don't even need money. Right now, if I don't have enough money that I think I need, I'm going to sit here and give God thanks, and I'm going to eat at the table he's prepared for me. And guess what? It's right there in the middle of your enemies. You don't have to run away from people to get away from from your problems, because your problems will find you. One woman said to the pastor, she said, I've been married seven, six times, this is my seventh marriage, would you please pray that this one works out? And he said, hmm. The only thing is that in all seven marriages, you're the common denominator. So you're the one who needs to, it's really up to you. And um, so look, that cup, our brain, I think about our brain, I think about our mind. 
He's anointing new thoughts, new ideas, a new strength, a new perspective, a new way of seeing something. I didn't see it like that before. I'm taking time now in this valley. I'm taking time to listen to God and to say it's going to be okay and I'm, going to be, I'm just going to eat with him. He wants to eat with me. I don't know why, um, but he loves you. I know why he loves you, but I'm saying we think in our minds, why would God want to be with me, you know? But he does. Listen to me. He wants you. He wants to embrace you. He wants you to feel his presence. He wants you. You're watching online and you think he's too busy or that others who are more spiritual can hear his voice. No, you say the name of Jesus and he comes running. He loves you. He wants you. He's for you. He died for you. He gave everything. Why would he now hold back? So this beautiful table he's presented. Now, finally, number four, Goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. You know why now? Now because we know God is good. We're experiencing it. We're eating his bread at the table. We're drinking his new wine, a new way of thinking. And guess what? Now, his goodness. We're tasting and seeing that God is good. And his mercy. You know why we need goodness and mercy? Well, goodness comes from God because he's always good. And mercy we need because we're going to mess it up. God is always going to be good. We're going to probably always mess it up. But the goodness and mercy make it all work together. And you have God's goodness, and then you might meet somebody who really needs mercy. You know what? I've got plenty of mercy at this table. I'm eating with Jesus, so I'm going to give you mercy. 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 It doesn't matter. I'm a free person. I'm a free person today because mercy triumphs over judgment. And I know my Lord doesn't judge me. Who am I to judge anybody else? But I will give mercy and... Um, and we'll all enjoy a nice meal together. Number five, and finally, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. This is the place, the house of the Lord, right in the place where you felt low, little, let down, disappointed, sick in your heart. What did you find? You found the tree, you found the desire fulfilled on the inside because Jesus touches you. I don't care how much money you have. I don't care how famous you are. I don't care how strong you are, how popular you are. I don't care how many followers you have. I don't care what you have done in your life, what you've accomplished. We all need this love from the Father. The Father. Everybody craves love to belong to something and to be approved. And that's what he said about Jesus. This is my, you belong to me. This is my beloved son. You belong to me and I love you. So there's the love and the belonging, and I approve of you. Say, God approves of me. God loves me just the way I am because of Jesus. I can come to him. He accepts me for who I am. I'm not planning to stay this way, but I'm planning on staying with him. When I walk with Jesus, everything's going to be all right. You know, and, and this is what it says in Song of Solomon at 8. It says, look up and who is that? Who is that coming out of the wilderness? It's the beloved bride. She's leaning, or the bride is leaning on the beloved's shoulder. So that's us. We're leaning on Jesus. We come out of that wilderness. Goodness, mercy. And I will stay in the presence of God forever and ever, and I will dwell in his house forever. And you can... You know, and when I say his house, I'm not just saying this, like this house, this church building, because you may never be able to walk in these doors, but you've been a member here, maybe online, or um, you've been watching in Chicago and you are faithful. Do you don't think God sees that? God knows that. He's watching you. Look, he is 
It's, it's, he sees you. He's the God who sees you. Amen. That's every, look, every, I can only speak for a woman. But women love to be seen. They like to be noticed. So tell your wife her hair looks good, even if it doesn't look good. You know, <laughs> say something that you see her. No, I'm just kidding. But even if she doesn't, even if you don't, guess what? God's going to bring that love another way. God will bring to you his love in ways, like I literally wake up every day and it's an adventure. And I walk through the streets and I meet people and literally a crazy thing happened. And inside I'm like, that was God. God just told me that through that person. Like he just encouraged me through that person. Um, anyway, I won't go into the details, but it's like you can have so much fun in this life because every day you're walking with the Lord now. You've changed. Something changed in your DNA when you got in the valley. You recognize, oh, you know what? I've been trusting in that. And now it's easy to just forgive and let go because you're like, I'm having dinner with Jesus, the most important person, the Father, the Holy Spirit. They want me. They like me. They talk to me all day. And that changes everything. And I just want to share in final with this last moment. Can you give me one more, one more minute? Um, this scripture in Jeremiah 31, it makes me so happy. And it makes me happy that you're here today. It makes me happy that you joined online today because there is so much love. I'm feeling so much love in my heart. Like God's like, yes, Grace, please tell them. Please, will you please tell them over and over? Tell them again that I love them, that I love them, that I'm not judging them, and that I will give them whatever they need, that I'm not holding back. Like, I feel like he's telling me, like, don't stop. You need to make, say it one more time. And so it says in um, Jeremiah 31, in the message translation, I know that you've heard pastors say this, but we have to hear this again. It says, um, I will, I'll be, okay, uh, verse, verse two. I shall be the God of the surviving. That, oh, 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 you know what? They, okay, there we go. This is the way God put it. They found grace out in the desert. These people who survived the killing. Israel, out looking for a place to rest, met God out looking for them. God told them, I've never quit loving you, and I never will. Keep going. Expect love, guys. Expect love, love, and more love. Expect love, love, and more love. Now, I, now here's, here's, the, here's the good news. I'm going to start over with you. There's the new wine right here. I will build you up again, dear virgin Israel. You will resume your singing. You will grab that tambourine. You'll join the dance. You'll go back to your old work of planting vineyards on the Samaritan hillsides. And you will sit back and you will enjoy the fruit. Oh, how you'll enjoy those harvests. Amen. That's what happens in the valley. That's how it all turns around. I'm not running for it. My, my heavenly father's going to carry me out of there. I don't have to scrap my way. I don't have to run away. I'm just going to stay with him. And that's what I mean by his house, in his presence, and what God has for you. Yeah. So I want you to know that God loves you so much, and he is for you. He is with you. He's prepared a table before you. So, Father, let your encouragement those who are exhausted, let them breathe in that life, that encouragement, that love, that you love, love, love them. And you're giving love, love, and more love. And they're going to sit back now. They're going to enjoy. They're going to enjoy the table that you've prepared in the wilderness. They're going to enjoy the new wine that you're pouring out. 
Lord, we are gonna enjoy goodness and mercy. We're gonna be good to people. We're gonna show mercy to people. We're not gonna need people to do anything for us. Lord, we're gonna feed the hungry. We're gonna reach the poor. We're gonna help the hurting. We're gonna go where it's uncomfortable. We're gonna find those that are hurting. We're gonna love on them, Lord. I thank you the children are gonna be seen. We're gonna reach our children. We're gonna get our teenagers what they need and let them feel love, love, and more love every day. Father, thank you for using this house, this cluster, to be a blessing, to be a blessing to you and to be a blessing to others, to be a blessing around the world right now for all those watching online, for all those in Chicago. God bless you, and if you would like to receive Jesus, or if you want to be a part of the church or know more, we're going to invite you to chat with your, um, the person online or to come up if you want. We're going to have our counselors up here to talk with you because I've already kept you over time. I don't want to keep you anymore. But you guys are the best in Jesus' name. Amen. You guys can stand up. Let's be dismissed. Have a great day. And you know what? We're here for you. We're here to pray for you. Pastor will be back with um, our champ, Think Like a Champion on Wednesday and then be back here in the house on Sunday. So love somebody, love, love, and more love. See you guys soon.